Hi, you're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Well, welcome to Boggy Talk. We are thankful you joined us today. And Boggy Talk is maybe just a little cooler today. Maybe a little bit. Uh, because there, James isn't here. That's crazy. Uh, not that he's not cool. He's very cool. But <laughs> someone who's maybe a little cooler than both of us combined is here with us. It's Alec Ammons. Welcome, What's up, Alec. Boggy Talk. Hey. Hey. Yeah, we're so glad you're here. I'm glad uh, to be here. Why are you here? I am here uh, because it's graduation season. Yeah, it's done. Man, I was in a band in high school, which is not surprising, but I hated graduation because we had to play that song for like 30 Mm. minutes and it was terrible because the trumpets had the melody and we just had to play the whole time. Yeah. We would just take turns. I'm like, you play this time, I'll play this time. It was terrible. That sounds awful. I, I, and to this day, I really don't enjoy going to graduations because. Does anybody enjoy? Graduation, except for the like the three seconds where they call the person's yeah. name that you love and care about, uh, and you, a student pastor, like you mm. go. And I you remember know, as a, the best part when I was a student pastor uh, at our church, um, just because of where it was in Atlanta, I had students from like six or seven different high schools, so mm. it was really easy for me to be like, "Hey guys, I can't come because I I don't want to show favoritism, so Ooh. we're just gonna have a party for all of you." And it was great, man. Um, we don't have that problem in no. Niceville. Golly, <laughs> no. yeah. yikes! Uh, there's not the north at least and the south. We <laughs> yeah, right. We benefit from like it's not like a parent who's got maybe like one, maybe two. It's just like. There, we get to we get to have the those three seconds of like oh yay it's somebody multiple times yeah we've got more seniors yeah so and we nice. yeah you get to yeah so it is a little more fun <laughs> because you get to cheer for a lot of different people yes. but um yeah and and really just they go on forever and so many names so many names and uh yeah that's well that's what it is but hey we are yeah. this past Sunday we had uh, graduate Sunday and our right. students uh, led in worship come they, on oh, everyone loves it when they lead uh it, I love it when they lead because it's just Great, you know, the priority of every generation is the next, next generation. generation. Base your values. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, and it's just beautiful when they lean and uh mm-hmm. but you weren't able to be here. No, I I was not. Why no. weren't no. you here? And how are you here? Why are you here right now? Oh, Man. because we're pre-recording yes, this. At the time of recording this. Yeah, uh, what were you doing? I, am, I you know, I I'm a dad. Woo! That's exciting. Yeah. yeah I, so we are Two. recording this before Ashley's in. We, right. I mean, it would be so awesome if mid-conversation she texted you like, hey, <laughs> it's time. let's go. You'd be, um, you'd be flying solo Boggy, for the rest Boggy of the podcast. Talk first. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you guys are have, having a have had a baby now a time of post of this podcast and so uh we just figured that um that you're really two three days into this dad thing you've got it figured out for sure yeah yeah i mean Uh, absolutely uh i know all things yes it it happens instantly (laughs) i didn't know it's like a revelation of knowledge that's right it really is and you know what's funny is though you're gonna find out uh and you i think you're a pretty humble guy (laughs) that everyone knows everything about parenting before they're a parent and then when you become a parent you realize i don't know anything and you just you realize that parenting is really like eyes fixed on jesus as a christian parent it is one long haul of keeping your eyes fixed on jesus and 
like an 18 year improv act. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, I think this yeah. is. <laughs> yes, and. Uh, yes, and. Like, yes, and. Okay, you know, I've got a plan, and that plan's out the window. Yep. And especially if you, you know, have multiple kids, you realize that, that not everything works for every kid. So, anyway. Yeah, I've been learning a lot from, you know, military community. I learn a lot from our military. Ashley loves it when I say this, uh, you know plans fall apart at first enemy contact and she's like well hold on you're calling the baby the enemy i'm like honestly well you know i mean (laughs) uh but man yeah we we're loving it and it's a it's a really exciting season of life yeah it is yeah it is so it is so fun well hey we're gonna dive into what we're talking about today as we're talking about graduate uh the season of graduation Uh, i'm really that this past sunday we talked about the hope you know the hope Mm. that the next generation has which is the same that every generation has the hope is is that you know we keep our eyes on Jesus. So we want to talk about this tension of uh, that our students live yes. in, uh, but really I don't think it's a tension just for students because uh, this is a question that people have throughout adulthood. Yeah, they're wrestling with God's will for mm. their life, and what we want to talk about today really is that pressure of having to have your life figured out and also living your life for the kingdom versus your career or whatever yeah. else. And really, how does the church help in this? So really, we're talking for about sure. God's will and uh, discerning God's will for your life. And, you know, do you have to have fig- life figured out? So uh, do you have your life figured out, Alec? Yes. Ever, I've got a 12 point. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> it, no, I. it is a really interesting balance of, you know, having plans, but also knowing that God's plans are better. Uh, and often my plans and God's plans, man, it's great when they line up, but mm-hmm. they don't always line up. And so um, that's a real, it's a real tension and definitely our students feel it. Definitely Gen Z feels it um, in, a, in a major way. Yeah, so. for sure. And I think, you know, if you go back, everyone's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And that's, you know, we, we talk about, that's a question that gets asked to kids mm-hmm. from the moment they're like, they're five in kindergarten. What do you want to be? Ooh, yeah. Uh, and why don't we reframe that to who do you want to be? Ooh, I'm saying that's a little, that's that's a little philosophical right there, but, uh, Hashtag yeah, that's right. <laughs> who do you want to be? What do you want to be? Um, but I think this is a tension that we wrestle with, but I, I want you to speak specifically, uh, your role as yeah. student minister and you know, our students well, you know, the influences that are facing them. Mm-hmm. And, um, really, do you sense this is, uh, cause I think older generations look at younger generations, and this isn't new to like the older generation now and younger generation. Now, I think this is a common theme of older generations and younger generations mm-hmm. for however long, you know, in history, <laughs> older generations typically look at younger generations and say, man, they don't care about anything because right, in right. subtext is they don't care about what I care about because we have different perspectives, different worldviews, all those things, cultural influences. But do you think this is a tension that students now gen z is wrestling with of the pressure of having life figured out because i think some people would say yeah they don't care Mm. i I think that is a huge tension i do think that is a big characterization of gen z uh gen z is really and truly an incredible generation uh but also extremely complicated they're one of the most entrepreneurial generations uh in that they like there's like five-year-old, not five-year-olds, but there's really young people who have their own businesses and they're mm-hmm. like, their side hustles. They're, yeah. They're side hustling. Their YouTube channel. They're, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, you know, playing video games online and making money. Like they, they want to brand themselves. They, they understand the value of hard work, but they're also because of, you know, growing up post nine 11, 
having kind of modern news cycle, being constantly engaged with other countries and conflict, uh, and particularly COVID, they are also as entrepreneurial as they are, they're extremely anxious. Mm. Uh, and, and so that causes this very big tension uh, within them. And I think COVID especially played a big role in this, especially for our students who are graduating now. Um, as they saw the world shut down around them, this mm. anxiety of, man, I don't really know at any point I could be you know, locked up in my house and yeah. having to deal with that. And so um, they really do feel this pressure. Uh, Barna released a study a little while ago talking about internal pressure and external pressure. And mm. so uh, I'm going to do a little quoting here of, of Barna Group. Um, they have this internal internal pressure, about 56% have an internal pressure to be successful, and 42% have an internal pressure of needing to be perfect. Wow, and so that that's really important to understand a little bit of their psychology. Um, but then there's also this external pressure, which is forty two percent being judged by older generations, hmm. and then thirty nine percent have a pressure uh, or pressured by my parents' expectations. Yeah, and I think as we're talking about you know this pressure to have everything figured out, it's really important that we understand their psychology, their internal dialogue with themselves, mm-hmm. uh, but also there is that external pressure that they feel from older generations uh, and from their parents. I think that that's a really big part of this. Yeah. Uh, so you talked about the internal pressures. What do you think are the the currents flowing into that river? The internal pressure. That man, they I, I think it's a Mr. L- Student Man. Yes, come on, talk uh, to us about our kids. <laughs> I think it's a lot of the technology that they consume. A lot of the social media era. We really don't fully understand the effects that that has mm. uh, in in a large scale. Uh, is social media a great tool? Absolutely, it's an mm. awesome tool for connectivity, but. It does cause a lot of pressure. I think, you know, I, I've dealt with students in the past who they have this this vision that they're going to be the best. Like they're going to be famous. Yeah. There is this this pressure to be famous, not successful, but famous. It would almost be like an older generation. Like you kind of can sing. So you're going to be Elvis. Mm-hmm. Like that's a like, <laughs> that's wow, that is like a huge deal that that you you know how to sing. So you're going to be Elvis one yeah. day. Mm-hmm. And so there is this really big pressure. And it's even, you know, we talk about a lot of students have the pressure of, okay, what college am I going to go to or or whatever that is. But even joining the workforce, it's not just, hey, I'm going to go be an incredible welder. It's I've got to be a TikTok famous welder. Yeah, (laughs) that's important. How can I, how can I market myself to be TikTok famous and, and Mm -hmm. weld stuff? Right. I think that's really important to understand because, you know, I mean, I'm definitely older than you, but, you know, use social media and understand that, but also at a place from like, that's not necessarily part of my identity. Now, there mm-hmm. are people my age that, you know, you know, full on oh, full yeah. court press into social media <laughs> and their image and stuff. And um, I'm just not that cool. Like, I just, <laughs> I'm not that interesting. Uh, but I think what we have to understand is that this is part of their their psyche, mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. and how they've grown up and and the pressures. And I was thinking about that this morning, actually, because our youngest kids uh, love to watch on YouTube. There's this like Shiloh and brothers and it's this girl and like her brothers and probably their friends. It's a bunch of kids. And they do like these acted out versions of the game Among Us. And, <laughs> and it's they're silly. And I'm like. 
they're they're kind of inane to watch, but our kids love it. And as, and I was thinking what I was going with this is like I was actually thinking about like, I mean, these kids who are in these videos are probably like 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. They're all and I was like, this is like they're they're millions of views, like mm-hmm. there's money involved. And I was just thinking, man, it's so weird that this is like part of their social fabric and how like yeah. the drama that can probably come along. I was just thinking about that and how really this is ingrained and how it does feed into this pressure mm-hmm. to perform Yes, that I think every generation has in some way. I think with this generation, it's even more so uh, more prevalent. Mm-hmm. So a question I would say then is, okay, so how do we as a church and how do we as parents really press into the and equip our kids, equip the next generation uh, to shift the pressure of having to have life, having to have life figured out to like, hey, live for the kingdom. Mm. Like we say that, you know, our, our goal as a church isn't to grow, grow. We don't just want to grow a church. We want to build the kingdom. As right. disciples, we want to build the kingdom. What do we do to help our kids really grasp that? Yeah, I think that 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 is the question, right? Mm-hmm. That is the the big question. I think it comes down to. Uh, you know, I, I can't remember who said this, but the indispensable requirement for producing godly mature Christians is godly mature Christians. And so it's it really comes from like we have to have an understanding, we have to be invested in our personal relationship with the Lord to call that out in the next generation. And I, I really think um the next generation, it's really interesting, and we've seen this with like revivals taking place. Uh it is one of the most non-Christian, secular generations, believing things, very non-Christian, but has this incredible capacity for revival to the gospel, is very Mm. receptive of the incredible love that comes from Jesus. And I think it comes from not necessarily, it's almost a shifting of our expectations. We can go back to that percentage of, you know, parents' expectations. Like, what if our expectation of, you know, our son. What if my expectation of my son is not what are you going to be, but who are you going to be? Right. Mm. We we talked about that earlier, right? Yeah. Um, it, it really is like man, calling students out, calling them into uh, the the mission field. I think one of the tensions that we see from older generations is they they see you know man, I was working at a steel mill when I was ten years old, right? Mm. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> steel mill, yeah, um, yeah, back in uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but the but the reality is we see more students having gap years, right, and taking mm-hmm. that time. And so what we can do, I think, is the older generation. You're uh, getting old, man. I know. Dad I've got gang. gray hair. Golly. <laughs> um, that's yes. why the hat. Um, <laughs> but you have a gray head of hair, though. You thank do. you. I appreciate you that. You I really appreciate that. Um, but what, what we can do is instead of, you know, we can encourage that. I think, you know, gap years are great opportunities for the gospel. And, and I will say... You're talking to like people in this community are like gap year. No, <laughs> no. And, and, and I will admit I'm kind of that way too. Yeah. However, I'm like, okay, Lord, like I, you know, help me to help my kids as they reset age to be open to what you want. If they're following you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I'll just say like gap years. Yeah. They're, they're kind of interesting. They can be great. Can be great. And they I would say there are, yeah, there are organizations that are kind of moving in this direction where they're, creating year-long missions for Mm -hmm. these college students like if this is the generation that is the most on fire and the most receptive and honestly the quickest to share what they believe about anything Mm -hmm. 
they will be quick to share the gospel if if we are giving them the tools when they're young. One of the one of the problems I think of you know student ministries. I, I'm fortunate to be in the the this church where I don't feel like this is our student ministry. A lot of people treat student ministry as its own little church inside of the church. Mm-hmm. And so when they get out of the student ministry, they don't feel like they're a part of a church anymore. Right. And so we can really, as the older generation, encourage them to be passionate about the gospel and give them the opportunities to go and share the gospel and fulfill the great commission. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's so true. So I think what you're hitting on, and I, I will just say like one of the ways that happens, like the, the students being part of the church, not their own little church. I mean, you have this past year helped our high schoolers to help own mm-hmm. serving in the church yep. with a high school crew. And so many of our high schoolers serve on Wednesday nights with our middle school students and our, our elementary students. Uh, and they love it. And then many of them serve on Sunday mornings. And it part, part of it is that like, Hey, be belonging to yes. something bigger uh, than yourself. And I, I would say this too, and you hit on this, but I think you said what well, you said. Um, we want mature disciples. The best way mm-hmm. is that by having mature disciples, yeah. making mature <laughs> disciples. And I think what we fail to remember in all of this is that so much more. So teaching is important, like teaching and knowledge is important. But so much of what we want in our kids is is really caught. Yes. more than taught and it's taught by by example mm-hmm. and we as parents really and the church not just parents but ju- the church needs to at we have to ask ourselves are we modeling kingdom first uh living are we modeling this for That's our right. children are they seeing like do we say with our lips like church is important your relationship with jesus is important and then with the way we spend our time where we spend our money the way we serve modeling something completely opposite because, and you know this, you will learn this even more so. I mean, you've seen it with middle scores and high scores, but your your own baby boy is going to call, his first words are going to be hypocrite, hypocrite. Yeah. Our kids are hypocrite detectors yeah. and they may not even be able to articulate it, but they know when you say something and you don't back it up with That's how right. you live. Like mm-hmm. they recognize that. Uh, and I, you know, I think that is so huge is we have to be people who are modeling this. And so I would say as a church, are we doing that? Yeah. As families, are we doing that? Are we saying the most important thing in life is Jesus once you turn 18, but now it's fill in the blank mm-hmm. travel this or these, you know, we're saying, yeah. whatever activity, extracurricular school, like those things are good and they're fine and they're healthy, but they're not ultimate. That's right. Um, and I think we've got to ask ourselves, are we modeling that? Yeah. So um, how do we um, help take the pressure off of having to have life figured out? And I would say this is that um, we, we, we tend to put so much like, what is there, what's the plan for your life? What is God's plan for my life? Mm-hmm. How do we help students uh, – Maybe how do we relieve some of that pressure? Yeah, I think, uh, man, a huge part of it is having that conversation as a family. Uh, just this past Sunday, uh, in video form, encouraged our uh, parents of our graduates to continue to be the primary discipler. Mm. They're, yeah, they've, they've graduated. They're out of the house. Some parents are probably like, man... <laughs> 
Thank God. Uh, yeah. but, but our friends talking about the whole like soil the nest before they leave the yeah. nest and like how they're like, all right, there's this thing that happens with the, when they're senior year. Oh, and they're yeah. like, you're kind of like, okay, it's time. Yep. Like yep. you love, love you, but uh, <laughs> but but the call is to continue to be the discipler, yeah. to continue to steep. I, I like that word of like steeping your mm. student in prayer. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of joked with them and said like, your student is yes, high school is a huge, it's a monumentous thing. But there's a lot of high school graduates out there mm-hmm. over the next few years of their lives and actually a very short period of time, they're going to be making some of the biggest decisions in their yeah, life. For sure. And, you know, who are they going to marry? Who, what job are they going to do? Their friend group, they're going to be confronted in classrooms with, with hard stuff. And so it's a continued relationship of discipleship and it, and it changes drastically. I, I remember my relationship with my parents changed a lot in college because yeah. you're gaining independent. You're mm-hmm. not, you know, under the thumb of your parents or whatever, but you, you really, it becomes a, a, a very interesting relationship and continuing that conversation of, you know, not having to have it all figured out. Another, you know, we, we like to think about the future and and we really love control. I I love control of the future yeah. and you you were helping our life group out because y'all are awesome and you host. But you this is just really stuck with me, especially in the season of you know preparing for our son. But like you talked about God already being there and mm. He's already in those decisions. And a huge part of helping the next generation realize that is bathing, steeping our the next generation in prayer over those decisions and encouraging them and showing them the gospel. I think it's really easy when, especially during the season to talk about Mm -hmm. the great commission and forget about the great commandment to love your neighbor as yourself. And that is a huge way that you can Mm -hmm. love your student as yourself is continue to preach the gospel. That's good. Yeah. And and I would say these conversations don't start when they're 16, 17, 18. Right. Like yeah. it starts oh, when yeah. they're young and you know, like, Hey, you know, I mean, I remember talking to our kids and I, and I hope they, you know, they don't probably can't recall like one of these conversations, but it becomes a, a script that's in them. It's like, Hey, we well, you know when, whenever you're deciding, like when you're discerning what God's calling you to do with your life, like your goal isn't to follow in my footsteps. Mm-hmm. Your goal is to say like, how do I honor God with, with my life? And as long as you're honoring him, you're seeking him first, like whether that that's God's calling you to the mission field or he's calling you to be a teacher or he's calling you to be, or he's leading you to be a doctor or, you know, just fill in the blank in the military. Like, is this like, have you sought the Lord Mm -hmm. and will it honor him? And so that's, that's what we want to do is like, it's not to, I think we just, part of the issue is that as parents, it's, we have to fight the pride of trying to live vicariously through our kids and finding our validation in our, our kids' successes. Mm -hmm. And, and I would, I would say even better, uh, in our kids' appearance of success, yes. because I mean, at the end of the day, like our kids could, our kids could ace the all of their EOCTs <laughs> and score perfect scores on the SAT and get into great schools and have great careers and climb the ladder. And if they do that without Jesus, without mm-hmm. uh, without their focus on Him, like it is just empty and unfulfilling. Yeah. So, I mean, this is applies to students, but this really applies to, I mean, older adults as well, because I think we have people in our stage of life who were wrestling with this question. You know, we we're in a military community and, and, you know, we have fr- uh, friends who are, who have recently retired or are retiring. And they're at this kind of like, place in life where like, yeah. Hey, I get to make decisions for my life <laughs> yeah. for the first time besides, you know, the beginning. Um, and that is this question, like, how do I discern and know God's will? So yeah. I want us to both answer this question. If someone comes to you, 
Just Alec, how do I know God's will for my life? Mm. How do you answer that question? Yeah, it, that's a hard question because it is it is one of those things. I would I would really encourage, you know, I've dealt with that uh, in my own life, man. I, I'm <laughs> still dealing yeah, with that. Still, right? still dealing yeah. with it. It's it's a constant tension of trying to figure out what's God God's will. What is God's will for my life? Uh, and it really comes down to ultimately you're going to have to make a decision, right? You've got to do something about Mm -hmm. it. Uh, And so like, how are you praying for that? Are you submitting it to God? I'll I'll just talk about, you know, Ashley and I, our our thought when we were kind of discerning a call from God out of the church that we were serving in, man, our our will was not to move to Florida. Mm -hmm. Our will was was not there at all. And so we just started to, to steep in prayer, God, where, where, what, is, what is your will for this? And we're going to only apply to places in Georgia to try and, you know, strong arm your will to our <laughs> will. And I like really and truly, God just started closing doors and uh, ultimately opened up this one. And mm. it really is, it, part of it is, and this is very, it's, it's not necessarily like tactile in the sense, like you can feel it. I don't have like a 12 step program for following God's mm-hmm. will. Right. But like, are you in God's word? God reveals his will yeah. through his word. Right. Are you engaging in prayer, submitting your will to God? Like thy will be done. Mm-hmm. Thy kingdom come, right? Yeah. Uh, that's how we're instructed to pray. And then ultimately, are you are you making a decision that is honoring to God? Yeah. Um, and I think that's 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 critically important. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's a great good job. Oh, thank Way you. to go, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> um, hey, so Alec, what is God's will for my life? Uh, tell me. I need to know. I think you know. I I echo what you said, and I always go to like ask. You know, are you asking God to show you His will? Mm. Then He's going to. And what we want is the writing on the wall, and what we want is the you know the sign. You know, yeah. I always think of uh, is it Bruce, the Bruce, I, yeah. Bruce Almighty? Like, Give me a sign. sign. There's the sign. Yeah. Like we want that. Like we want to walk. I want to walk outside our office. And God, if it's Your will, like let there be a dolphin right mm-hmm. there. There's a dolphin. It's obviously yep. God's will. You know, like that's the kind of stuff we want. But I think we also know like that's like you. Like you said you don't yeah. strong arm God into mm-hmm. this. Um, so we do we approach this humbly, and I just always go to uh, Roman. I tell people Romans twelve mm. one two is therefore, uh, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to the Lord, and do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed yes. by the renewing of your mind. Then you will know God's will, His good, acceptable, mm. and perfect will. So how do we know God's will? the renewing of our mind. We are not conformed to the world. And so that means we are living for the kingdom, not for what's best for Justin, but <laughs> what's best for the kingdom. Yes. Uh, and, and I want this kingdom perspective. So that's, that is that is not being conformed to the world. Because mm-hmm. the world would say, these should be your goals and you should climb this ladder and these are the steps to success uh, and take care of yourself, buddy. Yep. Uh, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so... What does that look like? Uh, it is time in the Word. It is submission in prayer. It is accountability with other people. It is mm-hmm. being transformed and shaped by the ways that God speaks to us. Uh, I go back to the, you know, the study experiencing God. You know, like that's an old study, but it just talks about the different ways that God speaks to us and you, through His Word, through the Spirit, through the church, through prayer. Like, and then you're gonna know. And it, you may not know, like writing on the wall and you may be at this place where option a option B and I have to decide there's a deadline and you just say, okay, based on what I know, like 
I'm going to go with this. And yep. you trust God. Like, and there, that does relieve the pressure mm-hmm. of having to have it all figured out. Um, and I think that's the same for students and adults. Yeah. And I think, I think a huge part of that too, and this is for parents as, and again, it doesn't just start when they're 18. It's, it's a process. I remember, you know, uh, my, mom and Ashley got to have this really interesting conversation right before Ashley and I got married where she had been praying for Ashley since I was a baby. Mm -hmm. Um, and like really and truly it is continuing as a parent to pray God's will over the life of your child to, to, to Mm -hmm. think about God's will to, to ask God to reveal his will as, as much as he can (laughs) to you. So that way you can parent in God's will and, you know, one of the things, this kind of goes back a little bit, but as your student, as your kid is starting to discern, hey, this is what's next, be open and be prayerful alongside them for mm-hmm. God's will. It's, it, you know, I don't think my parents ever thought I was going to go be a student minister. They had other ideas right, of what yeah. I was going to be. Uh-huh. And and it it is really hard when, when you're your student is trying to discern even especially a call to ministry, but any call to anything mm-hmm. trying to find God's will and your will starts to strong arm. Right. And, that's, and that's good. So I would just, I would encouragement to parents and you know, I'm a, you can, you can call me out in a yeah. few years. As, you can be like, hey, <laughs> is, you remember, it hard, uh, you know? it's, it, I, I re- like realize that it's, it's incredibly difficult because you have all these things that you want for your kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, our wants are just wants yeah. compared to God's will. And yeah. so I just, and it's God's will that they would glorify him. Come I on. think, you know, like they would know him and they would glorify him and that's his will for us too. Yeah. Like what is God at the end of the day? Like that is God's will for us mm-hmm. to glorify him. That's why he yes. made us. And so that perspective, you know, we'll wrap it up here, but like uh, Ephesians two, this, you know, the passage we've been in for the past few weeks. And James talked about this this past uh, on Sunday, just that all our, knowing God's will is, is grounded in the hope of Christ. Like mm. we know what God has secured for us uh, and we see it through his mercy to us. Like God, it is God's gift of grace to us. Uh, Jesus is our hope and our peace. He himself is our peace. Come on. And then the end of Ephesians chapter two talks about that we have we are now fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Like, and so really, like our our pursuit of of God's will is always tethered to His his church. Yes. And I, and that really, that sounds like weird as a pastor to be saying that, but and I don't mean necessarily this church. I mean the church. Mm-hmm. And I do mean the local church as well. Like wherever God sends us, yep. you know, as, and you say this to our students as they go off to college, like if they're going off to college, first priority is like where find a church. Yeah. To get plugged I, college into. visits. Yeah. Find, like, find the church. Look, look at churches on your yeah. college visits more yeah. than football teams. I mean, yes, because yeah. <laughs> it's just so important like to be tethered to the church because mm-hmm. that is God's plan to for his redemptive will in this in this world is yep. is through the church. And and really that goes back to what Paul says in Romans that not conform to the pat- the pattern of this world is seek God's will, yes. I mean, seek, seek your own pleasure, seek your own. And then even as Christians that creeps into what is God's will for my life mm. rather than saying like, God, how does my life fit into your will for the, for the church and your will for the world and your will for the kingdom? How does my life fit into that? Um, and it's so counterintuitive or counter yeah. counter to our individualistic goals. Uh, so be a part of a church and just, 
you know, a good, solid, no perfect church, but a church that is solid in its its commitment to the word and its expression of the mission yeah. of making disciples. So, um, man, if you've got questions about discerning God's will about uh, your own for your own life for your kids, yeah. uh, reach out to us, ask questions. Alec, uh, he'll have some. Uh, he'll have even more expert advice uh, in the coming days as he <laughs> yes. figures out parenting. As, as the Lord bestows Once the wisdom you guys of parenting, get some sleep. <laughs> yes. Exactly. So, yes. Yeah, well, hey, uh, we got a couple of questions, and I'm going to ask you these questions. Uh, this is a question. We're we'll probably talk about this in a coming a few weeks too with James back on here. We've talked about this before, but hey, what podcast do you listen? Man, to? Man, I you recommend. I love a podcast. Yeah. I am constantly. You have a great podcasting voice too. Thank I you. Think. You do. Welcome I, to Buggy I, Talk. I feel like I don't because my voice is <laughs> so high. Great, you have a great. You're very energetic. And then when I edit this stuff, I'm like, oh gosh, I laugh. <laughs> I awkwardly laugh too much. Uh, so this is a great one. I, I recommend this one uh, really to everybody. The Briefing by Al Mohler. Yeah, uh, it's just a good, it's a great perspective. It's kind of a, a nugget of news from a Christian worldview. Um, and <laughs> so, even if so, you don't agree with everything he says, it's a good. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's great just to kind of zoom out and look at the world from mm-hmm. uh, from a Christian worldview. Uh, and then also Pray the Word with David Platt. Yeah, that's, that's a, a great one. It's a great one. And it's just one of those that like, man, I... Niceville is not that big of a place. And so, man, I can, that is like from my front door to the front door of the church. Yeah. I can, I can listen to that. Seven minutes. And it's just a great, it's just praying the word with David Platt. And yeah, uh, yeah, it's literally, it is what it is. Um, And then this is a good one. It's designed for ministers, but I've recommended it kind of across the board. Uh, It's really great for parents, especially parents of uh, Gen Z kids and students. It's the Jensen podcast. Uh, It's through the North American Mission Board. Mm, That's good. Uh, They've got a lot of great uh, guests on there. Um, One of the hosts is Shane Pruitt. He's kind of like the like next gen guy right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's cool haircut. He's got a great haircut. Yeah, super trendy. He's got Jordans. Um, And so (laughs) multiple pairs of Jordans. That is the requirement. It it is. Um, I'm not there yet. Uh, I'm lacking. But there's ways. Yeah, just yeah. yeah, It's out of my league. (laughs) It's a great resource uh, for specifically talking about Gen Z. Um, and kind of where they are, it addresses things like LGBTQ and how, how that affects Gen Z. And then particularly because, you know, parents, families being the primary disciplers of how to minister to those Mm. students who are dealing with that. And so, uh, just really would encourage those are, those are my big three. That's good. Yeah. I'll add to that. Just one, uh, I have others that I've talked about before, but, uh, pray the word is definitely great. Uh, there's another one that I've, I've mentioned this before and I just want to reiterate. It's great. It's called confronting Christianity Mm, uh, with Rebecca McLaughlin and Kyle Worley. Uh, they just answer some really good questions that everyone is asking. Uh, just, and she is so well-researched and spoken, uh, and articulates things, I think, in a way that a lot of times when you get into apologetics, it can get heady uh, and you feel like I don't fully understand everything they're talking mm-hmm. about. She has, they both have a really good way of articulating things that I think just about anybody can understand what they're saying while talking about some really deep issues yeah, for uh, sure. facing the church uh, and facing Christianity. So I highly recommend that when confronting Christianity. So uh, books. And what books you're reading, and can you recommend on. some books? Yeah, uh, so uh, right now I'm reading the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. That's just Ooh, my current. Yeah. That's my current read. I've heard that's um, a great one. It's really great. It, yeah. Do I, you feel less hurried? <laughs> uh, not yet. <laughs> hurry uh, to eliminate hurry. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't eliminated enough yet. But um, Ooh, I'm going to confronting Christianity uh, by Rebecca oh, McGoffin. The yeah. book is incredible. It is. It's great. Uh, it's twelve hard questions for the world's largest religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've found it's really great. Again, it's talking about what 
our students are talking about mm-hmm. and honestly what culture is addressing. I feel like it's kind of, if you, a lot of people have read Reason for God by Tim Keller. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind yeah. of like that, a similar approach. It's just kind of, I would say it's even a more updated Absolutely, version. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, Tim Keller in his book, Reason for God, helps you think through like some of the ways to engage people in conversation. Mm-hmm. And she does the same thing uh, and just takes some, I feel like uh, a little, you know, just in a new, a fresh way. Yeah. So that's, that's a great one. Uh, I mentioned Shane Prude earlier. His book, Nine Common Lies Christians Believe, mm-hmm. is a really good, good one. Um, it's really, I like it, especially having grown up in a Southern Baptist church. He just attacks. Well, you don't some, question anything. Right. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, he, he attacks some like, not attacks. That sounds really aggressive. Oh, man. He, yeah. he's he, like, just, he can't attack because he's still employed by that, the SBC. That's so right. He can't that's really right. Attack. He just brings up some of kind of common phrases that we use as believers and why those are just not true. Like hedge um, of protection. Like hedge of protection. <laughs> um, oh, they're just, they're angels in heaven. Uh, like, and he just, he just talks yeah. about the truth of the gospel in mm. that. And so that's a really good one. Um, there's that's funny you said angels in heaven because we were one time I was at a funeral with uh, when we lived in Atlanta. It was a family that Christy worked with in social work and and the lady speaking kept talking about so-and-so being an angel now. And I leaned over. I was like, someone's got to tell her. Mm-hmm. Like, not now, of course, but like, they don't, we don't turn into yeah. angels. It's infinitely uh, better than that. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> so much better. Sorry I interrupted No, you. it's great. It's great. Uh, and then uh, there's a book called Digital Babylon. Uh, it's by the Barna Group. It's a really, again, it's a great, I've mentioned it on here before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't recommend it enough. It's a great look at how the digital age uh, is affecting young people. Um, And then again, this one, uh, Andy Crouch's TechWise family. Uh, Man, that will make you, that'll make you just sad about technology. Uh, So if you want to get sad about technology, but he does provide some of, some of what he says is a little bit extreme in terms of like, turning off the lights for like an entire week. Um, But what his main point is like how technology uh, keeps us from an intimate relationship with the Lord sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. So I just, it's a good, uh, Mm -hmm. it's a good book for for those of y'all. Hey, and I just had this thought, uh, why don't you send those to me and we're going to put those in the show notes. Yeah, I can do that. uh, Because it's hard to, you know, if people are listening as they're on Mm -hmm. a run or in the car, they're not, they can't write. If you're running right now, you're doing a great job. Way to go. Listening to us while you're running. What can be more? You can do it. You're almost there. You're by now you're probably like mile four. So keep it up. Don't think uh, about water. No, yeah, that's right. yep. <laughs> no, just don't stop. Keep going. Uh, I will add to that a book that we just read as a staff. Uh, I almost brought that uh, one up. Gospel Fluency, Come Jeff Vanderstelt. It. It's really good. It's so good. We had some great conversations with that uh, uh, for our staff team. And I think, I know a few other people who've read it and I think it was just a, it's called Gospel Fluency again. Uh, no, it's called Gospel Fluency, not again. Uh, <laughs> but Jeff Vanderstelt, just really helping people. I think it's really great for uh, anyone, uh, it's easy to understand, but really presses into what is the implications of the gospel in all areas yeah. of life, and how do we really listen to people and share the gospel? But that begin and that begins with us first seeing the gospel and all of its implications in our lives. So. Highly recommend that. Yeah, for hey, sure. Hey, you've done a great job so Thank far. You. Way to go. I don't think I'm going to have to edit anything you said. So, Oh, that's great. Uh, <laughs> I was right. worried. Um, so, hey, we're going to wrap this up with a little game, a little five-question quiz for you. We've been talking about, you know, the future and God's will for your life. So we're going to play a little game, see if you can guess five celebrities' first jobs. Okay. Because, you know, as this is proof, you know, relief, you don't have to have life figured out. So rarely does anybody end up with the same job they start at. What was your first job? Uh, first, which one? was my first job um i worked 
uh, at Kroger grocery store. Kroger. Wow. I was a cashier at Kroger. Love Kroger. So, yeah, you know Kroger's. Kroger's. Yeah, add the S. <laughs> uh, I wish we had Kroger here because it's so much cheaper. So than, cheap. I mean, I love Publix as a Floridian, but we don't shop there because it's so expensive. So Kroger is so much Come cheaper, on. and it's great. So get the ten for um, ten. Yes, they still do the 10 for 10. Uh, and it's funny, when I went into my interview, uh, like, you know, I was trying to find a summer job and they were like, well, normally we make all, you know, would put you uh, uh, as a as a bag boy, but uh, you just talk too much. So uh, too well. And so we need y'all to talk to the customers. I'm like, all right, great. Now I'm a, I'm a cashier. And I was kind of ticked because the baggers at Kroger got tips. That's right. And the cashiers didn't. Um, and then I also simultaneously, that was one, I had two jobs, two first jobs, started at the same time summer, uh, and worked at the outlet mall and a clothing store and folded shirts. That was oh, terrible. Wow. I hated that. Are you good at folding shirts now? Uh, no, I mean, kind of, I guess, uh, there we had like a board we had. Oh to use, yeah. 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 And I would just like, I just, to this day, if I go, I rarely do I go shopping, but if I do and I pick some, I always fold it back and put it back like I found out because I'm like, I've lived this life. That's so funny. Yeah. What was your first job? I was, I worked for a catering and event company. We were the wow factor of Atlanta. Ooh. And uh, we You did, are the wow factor from Atlanta. Thank you. Uh, we did large scale corporate events and they were always themed and I served food and set up games. And, Man, that sounds like a great game. Yeah. It was like a precursor to ministry. Of yeah. Basically, basically, setting like, up games and hey, setting up, setting up, games, up food. Do what I said. <laughs> yeah. This is cold. I don't like this. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> is this all we're having? Yeah. That's. I mean, honestly, it was. It was great though. It was a good make your own hours. It was fun. Yeah, man. Yeah, and then I also at the same outlet mall. Like when I quit the clothing store, I worked at the toy store because I just like was like ah, I'm quitting. I got to find another job. And I walked in. They had a hiring, and I <laughs> that was actually a little worse uh, yeah. because the people I worked with were really mean. I can imagine and they did that not like terrible. kids. And yeah. toy, uh, it is it is pretty bad to work at a toy store because kids uh, just kind of <laughs> tear everything up, yeah. and you're like, oh well. So that that one did not last long. I couldn't take it. So mm. anyway, all right. So five celebrities, their first jobs. Here we go. First celebrity, mm. Taylor Swift. Ooh. Her first job was at a Christmas tree farm. But what did she do? Was she a tree decorator, Santa's elf, mm. or a bug exterminator? Oh, man. I feel like... I got to go with Santa's elf. She was not Santa's elf. She actually was the bug exterminator. Really? She had to go around to all the trees and pick off the praying manti, man manises, whatever. Right. Yeah, uh, because they would you know, lay eggs then hatch in people's houses. That's and, so strange. Yeah, the Christmas tree. For, we had that happen to us, not with praying mantis, but we, growing up, lived near a Christmas tree farm. We would always go the day after Thanksgiving, cut down our tree. And one time we went to see family in Ohio after Christmas and left the tree up, came home, and there were bugs everywhere in our house. Oh. It was really bad. Bad you memories. needed Taylor Swift. There. That's Taylor. If only Taylor Come Swift. Come on, Tay Tay. Why probably, weren't you there? She was probably three at the time. <laughs> that's why. Uh, all right. So next uh, celebrity, Margot Robbie, okay. a famous actress. Um, her first job: Walmart, hmm. Subway, McDonald's. Man, that is a that's not a big range. Where do you see her working? Isn't she from Australia? I have no idea. They even have WalMarts in Australia. <laughs> Don't know. Maybe. Um, I'm going to go with Subway. That's, you are right. Come hey, on. Wow. She worked at Subway. It's uh, a good first yeah, game. Yeah. Pro, you know, five for five. I mean, no, not five for five. The five dollar foot long. long. I wish they still did that. Yeah. But, I would eat know, more Subway. Oh, though. well. Inflation. That's right. <laughs> all right. Uh, Matthew McConaughey. Mr. All Texas. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Which very Texas job was his first job? Was he a cowboy cosplayer for parties? <laughs> 
a mechanical bull operator mm. or an armadillo hunter. I I don't even know if this is even a thing. Armadillo hunter. Yeah. What? Yeah, he was. He worked for a country club where he had to hunt the armadillos oh, that would nest wow. in the sand traps. So Interesting. You, you can yeah. get leprosy from an armadillo. That you can. I'm glad yeah. he didn't get leprosy. Do, do you, we have so many armadillos here. I've never seen an armadillo. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're always dead in blue water. Uh, but I've never seen yards. an alligator or a bear. I don't think that they exist in Florida. Oh, man. So. All, you are obviously not on the next door app. Because if you <laughs> were on the true. next door app, you would just get out of bear. There's bear. a bear. There's, there's a, a bear. bear. Oh, there's an armadillo and a fox and a bear. And there's another bear. Man. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I'm even on the side close to the reserve and yeah. I don't see them. Apparently there are. So interesting. I think we had a bear in our yard one night because we heard a loud noise. And then on the next door app the next day, the people were like, there was a bear. And it was like a neighborhood next to mm. ours. And I thought, I bet that was a bear we heard. All right. Next celebrity, uh, royalty herself, Meghan Markle. All right, actress, and uh, you know, married into the royal family, uh, and you oh. know, you know that Meghan Markle. That, you know, yeah. she was an actress in Suits, and now she's married to Prince, one of the princes, Harry yeah, or sure. wh- wh- whichever one. <laughs> they, you know, since then, now they're estranged from yes. the royal family. All right, was she a court reporter, a horse groomer, or a professional calligrapher? I'm gonna go horse groomer. Oh, that seems like her, but yeah. no, she was actually a professional calligrapher. A professional That's a thing. You can be a professional calligrapher. And she did like wedding invites and those kinds of things as a professional. I, you know, I can see that. That you makes know, sense. Seems, all right. So last one. Okay. So you're, you're 50-50. So uh, this is, this is will you? Right exactly. All right. Harry Styles. All mm. right. What a character. Mm. What was his first job? Was he, did he work at a bakery? Did he work in a fish market or did he work as a radio station custodian? Ooh, I feel like if he was a radio station custodian, I would have heard of it. Like that seems like, you know, yeah. rags to riches kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Fish market does seem really British. So I'm going to go fish market. Oh, but he worked at a bakery. Oh, also very British. I guess. Also, that's I mean, that's, I don't know. Yeah, uh, that's British. Are kinda, yeah, it is. We don't. Yeah. Bakery's here. I mean, it's like. I don't know. Yeah, there was bakeries here. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I've been to a bakery here. Yeah, I don't know. Like not like they have in Europe. Like in right, Europe, they've like, got bakeries where it's like you walk in. I mean, here places have a bakery, yeah, but rarely it's like is it in a addition bakery. to Yeah. So I mean, you know Interesting. I, I think you're either uh out of touch with culture. Or you're just so focused on the kingdom that this is just peripheral mm. to you. And I think that's what it yeah, is. Yeah, let's go with that. Let's, who, who honestly let's cares go with that. It? Yeah, but it's just funny. Like, you just you, you see these famous people now, yeah. and, you know, celebrities, they're just like us, right? <laughs> right. Just like us. Well, hey, if you have questions or you want follow-up information about anything we talked about today, uh, let us know. We uh, love your questions. Keep sending them. We've got some good questions coming up in the next few weeks, and we'll see you then. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat. 